Today, you are going to get a front row seat to the incredible springbok career of Andre Fenter. Andre, welcome to Front Row Rugby. Thank you, Peter. It's great to have you here. And just before we begin our conversation, let's take a look at this week's trivia question. In 2012, Heineke Meyer became the new Springbok coach. Which was the first international team to defeat Meyer's box that year? Now, if you know the answer to the question, you can put it in the comment section down below. And we'll also find out if Andre knows the answer, but we'll do that at the end of our conversation. Andre, I would like to begin in 1996, when you made your debut for the Springboks against the All Blacks in Durban. It came with a bit of a background, with Francois Pinard having been um, being omitted from the team from the week before when he suffered an injury. Those could not have been easy circumstances for you. How do you remember it? Yeah, I mean... Uh... Well, that was in oh, well, 1996, and uh, at that stage I was already being part of a Springbok squad, uh, traveling uh, um, for the Tri Nations and the uh, pre preseason test against Fiji. So, I mean, getting involved in the team and taking part of a of the practices and the training sessions, it was okay. And uh, um, uh, so, I mean, everything was. Uh, I mean, you're part of a team and you. You just can't wear your Springbok blazer because I haven't been capped yet. And uh, so, I mean, uh, for me, I ne never thought that I would get a chance against New Zealand for the first three tests. And uh, But, uh, I mean, that's how life's work. I mean, uh, one one slip and uh, or one injury and then you get an opportunity. You must just be ready whenever it comes your way. Comes your way. Even though we lost that match, how much did you enjoy being part of it? No, I must say it is, uh, um, thinking back, I mean, it is, everybody say, and you can ask any Springbok that play in a test, and I think especially against New Zealand. I mean, you think you, uh, a game start and then it's over. So it's so fast and, uh, um, you want to do a lot of stuff and you, which you never did. And, uh, but if you're part of a team and, uh, luckily I was, oh, I was fortunate to play with, Good uh, um, loose forwards like Ruben Kruger and, and Gary Teichman, and, and there was um, quite a few senior players in the in the, in the team, and that helps that helps a lot. And uh, so it was. I mean, obviously you want to win every game you play, but I mean it is uh, every game against New Zealand or the top nations always going to be tight. I mean, it's test rugby; it's supposed to be tight, and so on the day anything can happen. I've got to ask you, Andre, if you can explain to us who have never played rugby at that level, what is it actually like facing the haka? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, if you look at your, uh, at anybody you ask, I mean, from when we were children, uh, watching the Springboks play against New Zealand and the haka, you dream it and you play it and you rehearse it. And uh, so, but the physical, what happened on the day, it is. It is it's phenomenal. It is it's amazing. It's uh, good for for rugby. I think it's good for sports to have such a um, uh, um, like Barca. It's uh, it's it's special. It is. Uh, and it, I mean, as much as it hypes up uh, the New Zealand team, uh, as is the same happened to us as well. And uh, um, yeah, if you if you look at all the games, even the World Cup final last year in 2023, I mean, Barca before the game. It is uh, important for the New Zealanders, but it's also important for the opposing team to face it and to gear up and to put your mind into a next level. So it's 
special, yes, and uh, it's uh, um, it's a challenge. So you want to take it on, and there's no there's no uh, escape. So you have to face it. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Andre, we unfortunately lost that series to New Zealand in 1996. We became the first Springbok team to lose a series against the All Blacks on South African soil. Why do you think that was? I mean, for it's no particular the particular reason. I mean, just look at, uh, um, uh, I think it was last year when Ireland beat uh, New Zealand in New Zealand in a test series. I mean, it, I mean, every single game, if you, if you, if you play, and you win, say for like we have went on a, later on on that winning streak. I mean, every game you play is is a game closer to your uh, to, to losing, and so is the opposite as well. If you're losing, every game you play is closer to your win. So you must just go, keep continue on. And it is sad. It is uh, obviously um, no one want to lose, and one, no one want to lose a series. But such things happen, and. Uh, it's so marginal, and like I said, on a day, uh, a call by a referee, and I'm not saying in, in 96 it happened, a call by a referee, but uh, um, anything can happen. It's uh, um, one weak moment, uh, a knock or a missed tackle, and it can be the difference between winning and losing. So the margin between New Zealand and South Africa is always like that, and uh, and uh, um, that is important uh, for Test Rugby. And uh, that keeps... Uh, um, I mean, if it's if a game is close, it uh, um, it get all the, the crowd is keep coming back for uh, for more. I mean, if it's every every game you play, you win by thirty or fifty points. I mean, people won't won't go to the game because there's there's nothing in it. It's boring, but it is uh, because it's so important and so the margin is so so fine. And, uh, that's the reason why. Uh, uh, I mean, anything can happen on the day. I've got to ask you, Andre, after that series, we had an end-of-year tour where we went to Argentina, France, and Wales. And our coach, Andre Markroff, at the time, he made the decision to drop Francois Pinot, who was the captain. What was your reaction to that? No, I mean, uh, Francois was been, uh, well, he was injured uh, in the Tri-Nations uh, for, for the last three games against, uh, well, the Test Series against New, uh, New Zealand, so he missed out that free. I mean, it's difficult for me to say because I didn't select the team. And uh, Gary was such a phenomenal captain. And uh, if I rate a captain, I would say he's one of, uh, if not the best captain I've played with. And uh, I'm still good friends with him. And uh, he's just a leader. And you just want to follow him and you just don't want to disappoint him. And... Uh, um, so if you ask me, how do I feel? I feel sorry for him, but I don't feel sorry for myself. Absolutely. Now, I've got to ask you, Andre, on that end of year tour, we went to Argentina. We won that series 2-0. And then we beat the French in France, which is not something that is easy to achieve. How special was that? I must say, I, I can remember that as well, it's because uh, there was a lot of emphasis regarding for such a long time, South Africa haven't beaten uh, uh, the French in uh, um, France in in a test series for a very long time, and uh, um, so for for us as a team, it was important to get momentum and also to honour the '95 uh, um, the legacy of the '95 World Cup squad to continue, and uh, it was important to win. And obviously, the big rival has always been between the north and the south, and. Uh, 
for us, uh, to, we have to have to beat them and to uh, um, to to do our part for the southern hemisphere. But I must say, it was uh, it was. I remember well. One game was I don't. I'm not sure it was the first or the second game. Yeah, we beat them by one point. I think it was the second one, and the first one was by four or five points. And I remember, and I remember, especially if I now think back of uh, a highlight, I remember that last five, seven, eight minutes, we defend on our try line against a French uh, team that was fighting for survival. And, uh, I mean, they got some influential players, uh, and that was uh, that become serious legends, and uh, they were... Uh, giving everything, and uh, but we kept them out, and uh, so for us, for that was special. Uh, so it was a very important tour, and uh, and for me, it was uh, well to win. That was important. Yeah, special memories indeed. Now, Andre, shortly after that, uh, Markroff was out as Springbok coach. Talk to us a little bit about how you would uh, experience him as a coach. Andre Markov was most certainly the coach that him and, and Nick Ballet, but Andre got a big uh, um, knowledge of the game. And uh, you can, even now today, you can ask him anything and he will know it. He will know players, he'll know the rules. He's not a coach anymore, but he, the love of the love of the game is, I compare uh, that with, uh, um, and, uh, with Rossi and uh, the way they handle uh, the intensity and the intense about the game. They they know what they're talking about. If 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 he talks, you can listen. Yeah. And uh, but so is uh, um, uh, um, Nick Mallet as well. And uh, um, but I'm I'm lucky to. Uh, but you ask me now a different question. I answer another one. But uh, um, but Andre was uh, it was it was sad for us uh, that he was out, but. But uh, um, such things happen, and uh, um, and I mean, you uh, tomorrow lives go lives go on, and uh, the next person come in, and maybe he's better, maybe he's not better. So you never know. Indeed, and you mentioned Mallet there as well. We'll talk about Nick a little bit later, but in between, Carl Duplessis took over as the new Springbok coach, and one of the first assignments was a three-test series against the British and Irish Lions. Andre, I've had quite a few former Springboks on this show who were part of that 1997 team, and almost to a man, they all say we should never have lost that series. What do you say? Absolutely. That was the biggest... um... Not supposed to happen. Um, this serious loss. Uh, I mean, it's. Uh, I think we could have uh, have some more uh, um, uh, preparation, better preparation in terms of having played more games beforehand, which we didn't. Uh, I mean, due to well, whatever the reason was. But uh, um, and it's not a dif- uh, something about Carl that wrong or. Um, Carl was a good coach and uh, he was a good player and uh, he was just, uh, um, I think everything just came too fast, uh, immediately, pressure, British and Irish Lions, there was no build-up, it was just like suddenly, it's like, uh, so it was a bit fast, I think, but surely uh, um, if you if you look at our team and the stats and uh, um, uh, scoring tries and 
and uh, I mean, and uh, stuff what that was being implemented by, um, by uh, Andre Markrov, but you must remember that Andre Markrov, uh, the assistance coach, was on the Innovier tour before and was uh, Carl Dupesi and Nick Mallet. They were the two assistance coach, coaches. So they were just implementing uh, what was already being uh, sorted, but like I said, it, it, it wasn't enough uh, preparation before. And so Carl's a good coach. And uh, what you will see later on uh, um, in uh, in uh, when, when Carl was uh, being sacked as a coach and Nick Mallet came, came in, he just continued on, on the same uh, as Carl because of running rugby, rugby and scoring tries. And it is it just happened. It is uh, it is uh, it's difficult, but uh, I think as a player can get dropped, so can a coach. Certainly can be the case. So I'm going to just stay with the Carl Duplessis era just to, for one or two more questions. Uh, we went uh, to New Zealand in the Tri-Nations and we were beaten 55-35. Quite an incredible contest that you would have so many tries in a, in a match between the Box and the All Blacks. Uh, you were actually sent off in that match. How much of a disappointment was that for you? No, that was a massive disappointment. I mean, those days there wasn't a, a TV empire. Most probably there's a TV empire. I was... It was maybe a reckless play and there was maybe a yellow card. Of course, I never um, um, touched uh, um, Fitzpatrick close to his head. I was more on his body. And, and that at that time, I probably would have given me a medal for doing it. Because at that time, at that time, uh, um, rocking was still allowed. But uh, I never rocked him in the face. In, in fact, uh, the next day on his, uh, um, um, for, for, when I went for my trial, he was actually informed him, but I didn't uh, get all of him. But he was giving such a show that it was, uh, I mean, the referee um, gave me a, a red card. And I'm, and I'm sure, I mean, it is in the heat of a the moment, there's a lot of uh, confrontation and aggressiveness before before that uh, from all, all both sides. And uh, I think the referee just wanted to make a statement. And I think he was also being shocked by himself. Um, picking, uh, taking out the red card instead of the yellow card. But I must say also uh, um, the next day, well, after the May, well, going off, it was uh, um, first you want to fight and argue with a ref, but I um, luckily, I mean, it is uh, I, I knew that uh, I mean, the ref's decision is his decision, he's not going to change red to a yellow and call me back. So I walked off and uh, it was uh, it was tough. It was hectic at that stage. I think it was very much competitive. But playing against New Zealand, in New Zealand, with one man uh, short on, on the side of a rock and playing against Christian Cullen and some elusive players and uh, Jono Lomo and uh, players like that, I mean, it will always be a, a difficult uh, task then. And I think at that stage nobody was prepared for red cards because we we were it didn't happen in a, um, as a rule like today. So today you train to play with these uh, players and defend and stuff like that. But those days you, it was a, it was it was it was like a fluke. It was. But uh, after the game. Uh, um, Doc Louis Light, he was also in New Zealand and watching the game and uh, he called me in of, uh, as we as we arrived at the hotel and first he was furious and I said to him, 
but I didn't uh, touch his head because I knew I knew I missed him because I never I never went for for um, uh, I went for normal rock. I mean, it is part of a game. And uh, um, and then he called me to his room and took out a, a he got the footage from 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 whoever gave it to him. And uh, so he was disappointed and he was prepared the next day to defend me uh, during my trial. And uh, and at that stage, uh, um, if you got a red card, there was no uh, um, uh, saying it was a wrong decision. They just say it was reckless play. It's fine. And they didn't. Uh, um, they only spent me for, for two weeks. So it wasn't for two games or stuff like that. It was only for two weeks. But it was a big, 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 massive disappointment. And uh, I think we, at that stage, we were um, very much competitive in the game. But I disappointed the team. So it is all coming. doesn't matter who say what. It all coming all come back, back to myself there. Yeah. Hey, if you're enjoying this video, why not consider becoming a patron? It's my dream, guys, to do this full time. And with a small financial contribution, you can help me realize that dream. The link and the QR code is appearing on your screen right now. And I'll also put it down in the description area for you to go and click on at a later stage if you would like to do so. And by becoming a patron, I promise there will be great benefits for members. Now let's get back to the interview. I want to talk a little bit about Sean Fitzpatrick, Andre, because I've had some former Springboks on this show, like Johan Leroux, who, as you know, bit Fitzpatrick's ear. Uh, I've also had Johan Steicher on the show, who scrummed against Fitzpatrick uh, in the early 1990s. And they tell me that he's a very difficult man to play against because he's very good at winding up the opposition. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, you see, I'm I'm a more um, mind my own business uh, person, so he never influenced me. But obviously, he was a nice target because if you if you could eliminate him, you can uh, you eliminate uh, um, uh, the uh, New Zealand the, the New Zealand team. And uh, I think he was a big influence in his own team. I mean, he's the way he, he's like a Gary Teichman. He's like a it's like an aura around him. It's like a, if it goes well with him, it goes well with the team. And uh, I think uh, um, that was his his, his thing. And uh, when sometimes people think they wind him up, maybe maybe in the front row, I think it was diff different. But normally he didn't. Uh, I think the front row keep him so busy, he never came. To the, to the loose forwards, but I mean he was a nice target to have. So, so we whenever you play against New Zealand, you want to you want to get hold of him because he's a nice target. But he was I must say also he's an awesome person. And uh, for after that I received a red card and and he was willing to to say it wasn't uh, uh, well it was I won't say it wasn't. Uh, well, I, you know, he just said he will say he will he will testify that it uh, wasn't against his head because it wasn't. There was no mark. I mean, if I could get hold of him like he like the act, I'm sure that he wasn't on the field as well. 
It's good to know that information as well. Let's talk now about the 1997 end of year tour because you mentioned there how Nick Mallet came in and continued the good work that Andre Markroff had actually started the year before. And I've always felt as if at the end of 1996, the Springboks were in a very, very good position. And then we kind of went backwards a little bit in the middle of 97. But after that 97 tour, we were back where we were a year earlier. And there were some incredible results. You mentioned there the running rugby that we saw, big wins over Italy, that massive 52-10 win over France, which is a record in uh, Paris, the 68-10 over Scotland. How enjoyable was it to be part of that tour? I think the I think everything started out, uh, at Loftus uh, against uh, Australia. I was I was suspended for that test, but uh, I think that was the first, uh, that was Carl's last test, but that was actually like, uh, I think what was, what Carl was planning to play like, and uh, when Nick come, comes in, he just take it to the next level and uh, he was a good coach he know the game but his big thing he was passionate and he was also uh, um, for me it was important to bring the thing in the, uh, um, uh, between the English and the Afrikaans uh, players um, which I never experienced anything bad uh, um, people say sometimes I read their books they say yeah we was this or we was that but I must say uh, I'm a Burki Row Afrikaans, and I must say, I never, never experienced anything Afrikaans or English or Zulu or Koza in a, in a Springbok site. I mean, if you go to the field and you select in the team, uh, um, the players is backing each other and they play. They play for the country and they're doing a good job. And uh, But, uh, but yeah, Nick, Nick was just so passionate. It had to come through to the players and uh, the way like training sessions was like uh, there was energy and uh, um, everybody knew exactly where they stand and where they want to, where you want us to go, and uh, it was clear. So it's also like I said earlier, uh, like you don't want to uh, um, disappoint your captain, which was uh, Gary Teichman, who was a phenomenal leader. So you don't want uh, to disappoint your your coach. And we won seventeen in a row. It's a special part of Springbok history as well. Andre, is there one match in that 17 uh, winning uh, sequence that stands out for you as a highlight? Yes, I mean, but then I say, everybody asks me always, I say every single game I play for Springbok when we win was a highlight for me. And uh, um, I'm very competitive. I would rather have a, a bad win than a, a good uh, loss. Um, so I, I prefer to to win uh, every single match, and uh, um, but uh, I'm thinking the one against New Zealand in Durban was at uh, 24, 23, 22, 24, 23. Yeah, uh, we came back with 11 minutes, and we were 23, 11 behind, and we won the match. I mean, we were at such a, um, and I mentioned it earlier. Um, uh, if you you uh, if you winning uh, you it's, it's a habit you 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 know you can win and uh, doesn't matter what who say what the two minutes one minutes I mean like the Springboks against England in the World Cup last year they they just so on a high and on a hype and and the confidence is is in the team and and they just everybody know what to do win on the field doesn't matter they don't negotiate. If you arrive at a line-out, you know exactly what to do next. 
and you know that what the opposition is going to do next. And uh, that was a big thing in your team. Is uh, um, yeah. So uh, the, the positiveness and uh, I can see that against New Zealand coming from behind. Even if I, I remember that game, I mean, uh, I think Stefan de Blanc scored the first try, but thereafter, but thereafter they came back and uh, they leading and. It was like disappointment, and the, uh, the crowd was. Some of the crowd was leaving the stadium, and then suddenly, at the bry at the back, they had that the Springbok have won the game, and uh, I just how it happens. So that one was special for me, and then on my birthday on 14 November, well, that was in 98. We played on the Wem- I think it's Wembley uh, against uh, um, Wales. Because they were building, uh, rebuilding the Millennium Stadium for the World Cup in '99, I scored a winning try. Uh, um, US was uh, from a from a scrum. US w- went to the short side, and uh, and I he was supposed to pass to the inside to Rashi, and Rashi missed the ball because it, be- uh, it was a uh, um, it was a pass behind uh, a bit high at the back, and it landed in my hand, and I scored a winning try on my birthday. So that was for me special, and also being uh, uh, on the Wembley because I'm a Manchester United fan. So it all uh, that was for me a special moment. But any any, uh, and then I think the '99 World Cup, uh, the Scotland game. That was uh, I think it was the first game in the World Cup '99, and then the one against England. Any game against England, if we beat them, is beautiful. And uh, um, so uh, that was special. But uh, there was many, many games. I mean, it is uh, playing against Ireland. Uh, the, uh, the French was always a tough game, and uh, playing against them, that that game uh, you mentioned earlier in '96, uh, the 13 12, it was, I mean, it was, uh, you fight till, till the end. I mean, it can happen, anything can happen. And, uh, um, and uh, you know, you have to tackle and you put everything on the line. And then at the end, it's a whistle uh, blow, and and you 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 win, and we, that is that is special, yes. Some great memories that you've uh, talked us through there, Andre. Uh, so let's go uh, or stay in 1998 and that end of year tour. And uh, I think you know where I'm going to go with this. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy um, surrounding Bob Skinstad coming into the team. And as it turned out, you were the player that was dropped to make space for uh, Skinstad. Um, a lot of people saying that Alan Solomons was in Nick Mallet's ear and that caused it to happen. But I'd be very interested to know from a personal perspective, what were you going going through? Well, that was just after my winning try against Wales. <laughs> so the next game was against uh, Scotland. So, but I must say, uh, Bobby did play good rugby, so take nothing away from him. But I think at that stage, uh, being on a winning streak, and uh, I don't think I was playing bad rugby. And, uh, oh, well, when they called me in and say, I'm not going to play, I'm going to be on the bench. And uh, um but my instinct is normal. Is to be, I'm a fighter, so I, I like to, I like a challenge. And I, uh, and they said, uh, Nick said that uh, the d- dynamics of a game. Well, or not actually. Uh, Alan Solomon's was was more of a guy that doing the speaking, and uh, um, but when uh, obviously I think Nick was in a bit of uh, difficult situation. But uh, um, but when he spoke to me, he said to me that he see me as in future as a lock, 
And I said, it's fine, because at that stage, uh, um, uh, half-time normally, just after half-time, they will move me to lock, and and uh, um, 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 he moved me to lock, and, uh, and, and, and then he will bring up a, a Bobby or uh, another loose forward. So it was, it was, it wasn't, uh, I mean, I like a challenge. And when he said to me, I, said, I took it on the chin. And uh, um, so it wasn't that I'm not going to play. It's only you move to a bench, which is diff different. And then, I mean, being a, um, I want to play. I just, I said, it's fine. I will, I'll take on the challenge and I will, I will prepare as a lock. And then he, uh, the next game was against Scotland. And in, funny enough, he's, uh, it was uh, um, the next game against Scotland. It was a bit, uh, it was a bit of a tougher game than we expected. And when I came on, it was a, a tight score. And uh, like I said, funny enough, I passed twice to Bobby and he scored twice. And uh, um, But it's nothing between me and Bobby. Me and Bobby were, were never enemies, so I were never mad at him. I mean, it's been, been selected by the coaches. And uh, um, uh, if he made a, if he make the right choice, it is for him to decide. And and uh, I'm just a, I'm I'm a player, and I need to uh, do whatever is, is expected for me. And uh, but thereafter, after well, I was sitting. There was no midweek game because we were um, a, a touring squad and with two teams. So from after Scotland, we we moved to Ireland, and uh, we played against the midweek side. Played against Ireland A. I'm not so sure which field it was. It could be Cork. Mm. Uh, um, could be. Um, and uh, um, I was selected as a lock because now, remember, they said that I'm now a lock. And then, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, was 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 a loose forward and he was uh, the captain. And he got flu. And then... Uh, you were draw from the game, and then Nick have to come back to me. Said Andre, I've got now. I just told you you're a lock, but you have to play flank again. And uh, um, so I said to him, I said, it's no problem. And uh, so I played. I think I played a good game. So uh, at flank, it then there was a bit more pressure on on them as well. But I mean, that's just how it happens. And uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, it was bad for me, but it wasn't. Like uh, it was feel like death, but it wasn't death. <laughs> so nobody was dead. So uh, I took on the challenge, and and the big thing is, is uh, um, like I said to my son as well. Whatever you do, if you if a, if a coach drop you or you put you on the bench, then you can have an attitude. And uh, um, but if you have a bad attitude, and uh, you're gonna go on the field, and then you need to change your attitude, then you're already behind. But if you have a positive attitude. During training, during everything, in going on the field, you're already two steps ahead. So, uh, um, so that helps me a lot. I've, I've got enough uh, support from the, from other um, players in the team. I think a lot of them was as surprised as myself. But, uh, um, um, but I, yeah. So some of them took it maybe harder than myself because they were stressed that they were they 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 are next. So. Uh, um, but I was okay. I, I took it, and uh, now it's maybe easier to say it afterwards. It was okay, but it wasn't okay at that stage. <laughs> but it is so. It's okay. It's uh, you have to deal with it. And uh, luckily, like I said, I got enough uh, support in the team, and uh, um, 
from uh, outside the team as well, from friends and family, and that makes a big difference. So, Andre, you mentioned earlier the 1999 Rugby World Cup, that beautiful win over Scotland, the Yanni de Beer show against England, as you say, always lovely to beat the English. But then that semi-final against Australia, the way we lost it with the Stephen Larkham drop goal, how much of a sucker punch was that? Yeah, I think that was uh, actually the uh, World Cup 2 and was, uh, it could have been uh, the first back-to-back Um it was an opportunity, and uh, we missed it out. And uh, um, and uh, um, yeah, so it was. That was a big, 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 big disappointment. Nobody. Uh, it's not to say. I mean, Australia was a was a good team. I mean, they went on and, and won the World Cup. And uh, they. But that's a test rugby. It is competitive till the end. And on the day, just that one moment, that one uh, brilliant moment. And uh, that's decided between winning and losing. And uh, um, and unfortunately for them, it was a drop call by Stephen Larkham. That uh, um, that was a brilliant moment. You mentioned a little bit earlier. We spoke about Andre Marcroft, Carl Duplessis, Nick Mallet, and about a year later, Mallet was out of the picture. He was replaced by Harry Fulyun. Again, I've had some former Springboks on the show talk to me about that era. They specifically talk about the fancy suits and the smart shoes and how Harry ran the team like a business. What can you tell us about Harry Fulyun? He was. You want to do certain stuff in the team uh, in the playing style. And uh, I don't think uh, now, now if I think back at that stage, I mean, you buy in because you're a player. Yeah, I mean, but I think if I now think back, maybe it wasn't uh, um, uh, I really uh, play for how you play test rugby. And where the field is still stay the same size as for any other team. And uh, the margin between winning and losing is so close. And... Uh, um, Supposed to be the top players on the on the pitch, and uh, um, so space is limited. Everything is limited. So I, uh, but I mean, I mean, uh, um, you also uh, make a big com- contribution, and uh, but uh, um, yeah. So, but my my views of of of, uh, of, uh, of rugby, I would uh, prefer Andre Markov and Nick Mallet. According to see as coaches. Very interesting stuff. Uh, Andre, also, uh, you stayed in Harry's team uh, throughout 2001. And then on that end of your tour, by that stage, you were largely on the bench. And then that was pretty much also the end of your test career. How disappointed were you that it ended there? No, I, I decided I still got a, at, at that stage, I still had a contract with, uh, um, with uh, um, SA Rugby for Springboks. And uh, it wasn't supposed to be my, uh, um, what happened is uh, after that tour, Harry was also gone. So he wasn't a completer. I mean, still, I think you also had a contract, but you also jumped the boat. And uh, um, and then Rolf Charlie came in and he was a coach. Uh, I went back to South Africa. I, got, I think I got a broken nose where I went in for operation. And then I got a shoulder, which was a small niggling. And then I got a wrist, which was a bad uh, um Thing which I, I nursed for some time and I went for operation for that. And there I was out for six months and I was busy with uh, um, preparation or, or rehab re- uh, um, in Cape Town. And uh, Rudolf Strali was, was a coach. And at that stage, my son was born the previous year. Um, Andre Yuchu was born the previous year in September. And 
I mean, everything happened and uh, my injury and my rehab and and I, I just went to uh, um, uh, um, uh, Rolf Strahle. I still got a contract till, till the next World Cup in 2003 and I said to him uh, that I, I, I don't think I'm going to go on. I got still, at that stage, I got a business in Bluefontein and uh, um, there was many things happen. And uh, so uh, um, I decided... Uh, I'm going to call it a day and I'm going to still play for, for Cheetahs and complete the season and he just asked me um, okay you, you hear what I'm saying but he asked me not to announce it at that stage so we didn't announce it and uh, he said he was first re- rethink about it and then uh, the same thing I think I, I did he just did ask me to play in the end of the year tour uh, for that tour which I was uh, which I declined and uh, because I decided I'm going to finish uh, rugby completely. And then Andre, uh, for those who don't know, in 2006, you actually became very ill. If you wouldn't mind sharing that story with us, please. Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, I just got, got uh, transomalitis. I mean, I was still playing um, for for rugby legends. I think we, we played in, in 2006, we played in the World Cup, which was hosted in, in, in Devon. And uh, we played the final against New Zealand, so everything went well. And a few weeks later, I got got ill, it's like uh, like flu. You feel like flu, but it was like got a pain in your back. And and uh, then I went for several tests for in and out hospital for two or three weeks, and uh, and and they couldn't find uh, what the issue was. And and then I uh, it was a Friday morning. Uh, I got the pain again and uh, a lump in my leg. You feel like your one leg was always feel sleepy, and uh, I went upstairs and I and I stumble and uh, and then I went to hospital and that was my last. I mean, I went in, and I climbed the stairs and uh, I never. I mean, I never uh, at that stage. I I whenever I, I, I after you can choose between a lift and stairs, I took the stairs. I mean, for just as you train, practice, you, I mean, it's good for yourself. I mean, as long as you can do it. And, uh, um, but the thing is, is, is uh, um, so that was uh, the Saturday. My one league was, was, was actually the Sunday. I still watch the rugby free state was playing against, I, I couldn't remember, maybe the Bulls. Uh, and I watched it on TV in hospital. And the next morning when I woke up, my one leg was uh, completely dead. And then I was in, in uh, um, they have to uh, um, give me some medicine. And uh, um, I was totally out uh, um, for about maybe 30 days a month. And, uh, um, but then I was completely paralyzed. And then they call you, but I, at the end they find out what was a, a thing was uh, transomalitis. And uh, um, there's no particular reason why you get it? It is. Uh, it happens, and uh, there's a lot of it more happening more in, I think, in the America side and in Europe than in South Africa. It's a very rare uh, thing that happened, but uh, I mean that's how it is. That, uh, um, it happened. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. We really do appreciate it, and I 
can tell you that I speak on behalf of all of my viewers uh, that we're just happy that you are still with us and uh, you know that we can be talking here with you uh, as I said to you before we began the interview you know you're one of the legends of Springbok rugby you're one of the heroes of Springbok rugby so it's it's nice that we can still be having you here and uh, we can be talking with you um Andre let me ask you who was your toughest opponent no, toughest opponent, uh, I mean, sometimes it's not people you're playing directly against, and uh, but one one particular person I can uh, um, I can highlight is Ruben Kruger, the way he was playing, and uh, and uh, he was just like a never dies, like a machine, he's like, uh, he's, he just never stops, and uh, he was a good example, and the good thing about him, another good thing about him was, he was like, he was. He never talked about it. He was just do it. He was like a typical Nike at just do it. Yeah. He was. Uh, he won the job completed, and he always demand excellence. And uh, playing uh, with him in in a loose crew was phenomenal. And uh, um, yeah, so I've got a lot of uh, respect uh, for him, and he was a good friend as well. And uh, um, and then I must uh, maybe. Like uh, like I said earlier, you don't play against one specific person, but the influential person was maybe uh, Martin Johnson. I think he was like massively influential. Um, he was always like in your face. He was like always. Uh, he was for me more influential uh, or in your face, and uh, more of a irritation than uh, Sean Fitzpatrick. And I think Sean Fitzpatrick was a phenomenal player, phenomenal leader. And uh, whereas uh, if you like, look at Gary Teichman, how he was as a leader, he was just brilliant leader. He was like, uh, um, you just want to follow him. He's like, he's like a king you want uh, to follow. Yeah. He was like a good uh, captain. Is there a current player who you admire? I must say, I, I uh, it was this morning, I was, uh, I speak to somebody and we, he was asking me about, and uh, I said that, Maybe, and in, in, uh, um, I share. I I think the best ever uh, um, loose forward play I see in my life as a as a retired rugby player was Peter Stevetoy in the World Cup uh, final. He was just he was just the total package: running, tackling, aggressive, cleaning, work. He was, he was, for me, he was, he was a complete. He is certainly an unbelievable player. Uh, Andre, is there a particularly funny moment that you can share with us from your time with the Springboks? Oh, I can, I can, I can tell you a funny moment with, uh, at the Cheetahs, which come to mind easily. It is, uh, everybody know Elhard Muller, and uh, he's a legend. And uh, we're play, playing uh, in, against... Uh, um, the Brumbies in, in Canberra, and uh, at that stage, uh, the red and the yellow card was just coming in, and uh, um, and Wayne Erickson, I think, yeah, he was uh, he was the uh, um, he was the referee, and uh, um, now at that stage uh, we normally got the functions. Nowadays they change that, but at that stage we still got the function after every match. There's a um, a function for the two teams and. Then we will give uh, them a tie, and they will give us a tie, or coaches, and, and then the captain will thank the referee and everybody. And so Elhart was on stage, he was our captain, and he went on stage and he said, 
you know, you just want, uh, but we, during that game, we got a, a few yellow cards and I think there was a few red cards and stuff like that. And Halgaard uh, was saying, I said, Mr. Ref, I just want to thank you for blowing the game. But the emphasis on blowing the game because we lost it. Um, blowing the game for us and um, the way you were putting the red card and the yellow cards, it was looking like you were playing rummy. So that was Elgar uh, Miller, um, but he was uh, he was a lot of stories about him going on, and most probably they all they all true. And Elgar uh, is a is a is a good example and a good legend for the game. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, what are you up to these days? No, currently, um, uh, um, well, like I said earlier, uh, I had the business. We started a business in. Myself and Chris Barnos, also ex-Springbok rugby player. We start uh, copy a, a business, ITIC, in 1997. And uh, um, I'm still involved here, but we sold the business in 2013 to uh, also uh, extra-retired uh, extra Springbok captain, uh, Adrian Strauss and Valentine Ransoreng. But uh, we're still involved in the business and uh, we still ring things our own clients, uh, our major clients and so ever since uh, I'm still involved and then I've got some a thing here and a thing there and my wife got a guest house, Blue Rain guest house here in Bloemfontein. And so not, not uh, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm uh, doing what I need to do and I have to work. I come every day to the office and, and I do what I need to do. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Let's finish off by looking at that trivia question again. In 2012... Heineke Meyer became the new Springbok coach. Which was the first international team to defeat Meyer's box that year? Do you know the answer, Andre? <laughs> no. I, I... Argentina. You know what? As it turns out, Argentina actually got a draw against Heineke Meyer's Springbok. So I think it was in Mendoza in the uh, rugby championship. And then the week or two weeks after that, we lost for the first time under Heineke. And it was against Australia. And in Australia? Okay. 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 Uh, I, remember, so that... I, I remember I went to a game in PE against uh, um, in, uh, Argentina. And that was also a tight game. Andre, let me say it was lovely having you on Front Row Rugby today and a real pleasure to listen to those old stories. And I really hope that we can have you on again in the future. No, thank you very much. Thanks, Peter, and thanks for inviting me. And uh, like I said, uh, I just want to say is, is, uh, in, uh, in my situation, I, uh, rugby was always good for me and I got uh, made good friends. And uh, um, one of the players also that was the toughest opponent I played against, uh, also Springbok. And uh, in fact, I, went, I, I met my wife. Uh, um, uh, my first date was my wife was after I ran into him and I got concussion. That was Vol Bartman. And uh, um, he's a very close friend of mine. And uh, um, but, I mean, it's like, it's phenomenal. Uh, whenever, you, whenever you go, say to Cape Town and meet uh, maybe a Roplo and I was being privileged to be coached by my hero Carl Du Plessis and Gert Small. So rugby is actually a phenomenal sport and uh, phenom phenomenal people and the crowds has always been uh, awesome. If you if I went now to rugby games and I see it's just amazing and uh, um, it is, it's a beautiful sport and we must uh, look after it and make a big difference.